0: Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your two-time PACE award-winning hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub.
1: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, what's going on with you?
2: Well, if you saw the newsletter that came out last week we saw it was chock full of news and one of the biggest items there was the uh... Th- the closure of west Shoreline correctional facility uh, is official closed its doors on march twenty-fourth uh, the day before on the twenty-third the last prisoner uh, walked uh, out the door and got onto uh, transportation bus and, and was headed out across the state so we have, uh, that went really well. Kudos to the, the staff there, uh, the Deputy Warden, the Warden, and all of the officers who really took, a, uh, took ownership of that and really did a great job uh, getting everybody through there, as well as our human resources staff, because this is a, a big monumental task to, uh, to try to find places for all these individuals. And out of 281 impacted employees, we got it down to only 33 uh, individuals had to be laid off. And 21 of those were offered positions elsewhere in the department and, and chose not to take them. So those are really good numbers. We really try hard to minimize the impact on staff when we have a closure like this because we know you know, our, our, our employees are, you know, are the most valued piece of our department. And so we really work hard to try to keep as many of them as possible. And uh, I think we'll see even uh, more of those, find ways to come back uh, through the HR process. So that's the hope anyway. And so kudos to everybody involved, all the staff who obviously are going through a difficult time, Adjusting to new locations, um, maybe new divisions, maybe maybe some went to FOA or in yeah. other, other parts of the department. Um, they all did a really good job, and uh, but now we're, we're down to one, one less facility, and uh, we'll continue to work to drive down our population and see where we go from here.
1: Well, that's right. You, you talk about, uh, you know, <clears throat> our staff are, are the most valued people um, and make the biggest impact in this department. And I want to talk about one of those people in FOA, Chris, and that would be the 2018 Candace Dunn. Parole Probation Agent of the Year award winner this year. So we know who the Officer of the Year is, right? That's right. MCO announced that a couple, a month or so back. FOA announced theirs yesterday. And it is, drum roll, are you all ready for this? It is the uh, Tuscola County Parole Probation Agent, Tony Cooklin, who is an amazing, amazing person and an amazing agent who does a lot of stuff. And, And we went there yesterday, Chris. You were there with Deputy Director Marlin. And you heard about... All the things that she does in addition to her agent job, and it's amazing, and that's why she is so deserving of this award. And um, you know, she she actually she was very happy. She got a little emotional. She was um, excited to to get this award. Um, you know, she gets to make a speech at the at the banquet um, that happens on May second. And I'm excited. I'm excited to, to hear what she has to say. And I'm excited for her because she so deserves this award and is a, a great recipient for FOA as the Agent of the Year. And, you know, it's the first year that we, we named the award the Candace L. Dunn um, Agent of the Year because Candace was um, you know, our, our winner last year and tragically passed um, after the banquet last year. Um, so she is, uh, as we always say, she's our forever agent and she will be memorialized this way. So this is the first year that we've named it uh, the Candace Dunn Award and Tony's the, the Tony's the first award winner. So I'm excited to uh, to announce this to everybody today and uh, I'm more excited for her uh, cuz she's such a great agent.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was really great to meet her. She really stands out uh, in that office. I think she's going to do really well. Uh, representing the department uh, in this fashion, and so I think she'll be a great ambassador. Uh, Like you said, she does a ton of stuff. She really, really sticks out above the crowd of all the other staff, around, all the other FOA people that were nominated for this award. uh, It kind of really rose to the top. uh, her resume and and the kind of things that she does the kind of things that she volunteers for all the different trainings that she volunteers to take uh, whether they're inside or outside of the department and wants to come back and and help teach other staff uh and and make everybody better so just the kind of employee that you want
1: well said all right chris well i'm excited for our cfa shout out this week i I love when we get our cfa shout out so um why don't you go ahead and uh Talk about that. Who who do we have for our shout-out today? Well,
2: this one came to us from uh, Matthew Pohl, a sergeant at E.C. Brooks Correctional Facility, and he wanted to give a shout-out. It relates to the the closure that we we talked about just a minute ago. And uh, what what Matt said is he said he wanted to extend a shout-out to uh, Property Officer uh, Don Machino and Second Shift Officer John Farrell. He said that both of these officers took a leadership role in the transferring of over 250 prisoners out and 250 prisoners in to the E.C. Brooks Correctional Facility, and that was to make room for the MSOP program that's gonna be housed uh, there. Uh, This, he said, this was accomplished with the help of multiple other officers and was a major team effort. Uh, I've heard about this from a number of other folks too, and and I can definitely attest to this, and so uh, I know everybody there was very pleased by how it went, Uh, but he said that uh, the effort was spearheaded by the officers involved, And that they inventoried and packed property for all the outgoing prisoners and inventoried all the incoming property ensuring that everything was accounted for and sent properly to its new destinations the entire time frame for this movement was to happen was roughly two weeks so a very short period of time that they pulled all this together which is incredibly impressive Uh, and this happened to be also obviously be in the middle of the prison closure and that affected all those officers uh, that were involved as well and so uh, so Matt said that the integrity and professionalism displayed by these officers shows what wonderful staff Muskegon is blessed with. And so he, he did list uh, everybody there, but we're afraid, and I think he was too, that we might miss somebody, so we don't want to list everybody off and, and, and be afraid that we'll miss them. But uh, I know that well, we can try to put these out on social media and and, and find ways to uh, to give them their proper due, their proper shout-out. But but in talking and hearing from the warden and from the deputy director uh, on up, uh, this story, as well as the, the records office staff that were also involved, they had a big role in this as well. Uh, just did a tremendous job, and these are very trying times uh, for, for all the staff involved, but they did such a great job pulling this all together. So thank you uh, to those staff, and also thank you to uh, Sergeant Pohl for sending in uh, that shout-out.
1: Yeah, let's make sure that we get some more shout-outs, right, Chris? I mean, uh, the, uh, these are fun, and I think these are important to do uh, to show some great staff that are, that are doing some great things in the department. So if you do want to uh, send a shout-out in, you can either just record it on your iPhone and email it to askmdoc at michigan.gov, or you can just write it out like uh, like, like Mr. Pohl did, and you can just email it to askmdoc uh, at michigan.gov, and Chris and I will read it on. Let's uh, Yeah, s- send in your openings, send in your shout-outs, and uh, we'll make sure to get them on the podcast so that we can give people uh, props. So I'm excited today, Chris. You know, we're, we're, we're huge sports fans. It's a- so let's talk basketball today. What do you say? You know, I noticed on Twitter there was a picture of a couple of people that work for the department. It appears that they are at a state high school championship game at uh, at the Breslin, and that's um, Assistant Deputy Director James Blakely and our special guest today, uh, Supervisor Delonda Little. They are both um, referees for the MHSAA, and they both refed state championship games, which is which is very exciting for um, you know for our staff to be involved in this kind of a uh, kind of a thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and also maybe give you pause next time you're at a game
1: and you start to try yell at a ref. Yeah, you
2: sure you ADD. <laughs> you might be yelling at somebody that, that you can <laughs> who
1: could get you fired. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Chris. Let's make sure. let make sure when I go to the game next time because I go to a lot of high school games, and I wouldn't yeah,
2: mess with either one of those
1: too. Either so. I would, I would, I would not either. They, uh, they, they seem to, to to take control out there and know what they're doing. So. Um, yeah, so let's, let's talk to Delanda. She She's a supervisor at, uh, in, in the Metro Territory at, at Lawton. So let's get to an interview with her and find out uh, what's going on with her. And uh, I'm excited to introduce Delonda Little to Field Day. So Delonda, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, no, I'm excited to talk to you about this because, you know, Chris and I both are huge basketball fans. We want to get into your career and kind of what you do now outside of work. But first, can you talk to everybody and just tell them who you are, kind of what you do, what, what you've done in the department?
0: I a little, and I'm a supervisor at the Law and Parole Office. Started my career at the Mount Correctional Facility as a correction officer in '96. And so I worked four and a half years as an officer, and then I transferred to the Macomb County Pro- Macomb County Probation Office, and I worked there for, ooh, I think it was about four months, three, four months, and at, when I transferred there, I was a field service assistant. And once I was at Macomb Probation Office, um, they end up having an agent position become available again, but Wayne County called me prior to. So I end up... At uh, Eastern District Probation Office, Um, I worked there as an agent. Twelve years as an agent. Primarily, I supervised. uh, Oh my God! I supervised some of everything. PA 511, electronic monitoring. I did sex offender agent. I was a sex offender agent for primarily majority of my career as an agent. And then um, I got uh, I got an acting position. So I did it for a year prior to being promoted. And so I got promoted. I was still at Eastern District Probation Office. And then uh, I was asked to come over to Law and Parole Office. I jumped at the opportunity. And so here I am at the Law and Parole Office <laughs> as a supervisor as working with this uh, SAI boot camp sure. unit or aftercare unit. And uh, I also supervised parole and probation tether agents.
1: Well, you've had uh, quite, the, quite the career outside of your MDOC career and kind of get into some personal outside work things that you enjoy doing. Okay. And one of those is you uh, you graduated from Wayne State University, correct? I did. And while you were there, you also played basketball, right?
0: I sure did.
1: So t- let's talk about that. So how did you what, – what, what drew you to basketball? Obviously, you played in high school. You, you, you were good enough to play in college, which is amazing. Um, talk about what, what, what drew you to basketball, the sport of basketball.
0: Okay. So my story is a little bit different. Um, So what happened is I actually played volleyball, basketball, softball, and I did a little track. My better sports, uh, all the way, let me say, elementary through middle school, I was a really good volleyball player. Um, Volleyball was my main sport. I was outstanding. So when I got to high school, I actually went to uh, Detroit Osborne. When I got there, uh, you know, they would ask me about playing basketball. And I kept saying, no, 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 I wouldn't play, I wouldn't play. Uh, so I played volleyball and softball my first two years. My last year, which, well, my, sorry, my last two years, my junior year is when I decided to play basketball. And this is kind of a unique story. I know this don't happen to everybody, but I end up playing my junior year. Uh, that was the first time I had ever picked up a basketball in my life. <laughs> so um, so I played the one year, and I didn't really play that much um, because I wasn't that great, but I could rebound. So <laughs> I was really good at jumping and getting rebounds, but that was it. The guard would have to come get the ball because I couldn't do anything else with it. That summer, uh, I worked out. I guess I kind of like uh, worked out with a friend of mine. Uh, oh, well, she was a teammate at that time. Dad actually trained a lot of the girls on the basketball team. So they told me to come out, come play Detroit PAL basketball. That was a big thing to do uh, when I was in high school. So I was like, okay, you know. So that's how I got better. So my senior year, I actually started. But the only reason why I started is because, again, I could rebound. To kind of back up my story, um, I stayed with my grandmother for uh, most of my high school years, I would say, um, because she was sick. And so my parents uh, end up moving to Cleveland, Ohio when I was in high school. So I kind of stay. I was the only one. I was the oldest of six. So I ended up staying in Detroit and taking care of her while my family moved. Once I got in high school and in college, I didn't go to school my first year. But I was a highly recruited volleyball player statewide. I, I mean, I, I was recruited all over. Um, I was originally committed to Tennessee State. Once my grandmother got sick, I kind of stuck around and took care of her And then I still kind of was in the summertime playing basketball, still playing sports, but I was working. And I ended up going down to Wayne State to play pickup basketball, and the coach saw me in the gym and thought, okay, she can rebound. That's how I got my basketball scholarship. They actually knew me from volleyball. The volleyball coach at Wayne State knew who I was because, again, I told you I was highly recruited for volleyball. And so he saw me and they actually gave me a dual scholarship. So I went to Wayne State my first year originally on a basketball and volleyball scholarship. And that was a year after I had graduated. I sat out that whole uh, summer, that whole year, and then I went the following, I started school the following year. So when I ended up at Wayne State, uh, once I got in, you know, obviously I didn't know, uh, God, this was a a bit much. I didn't know if I really wanted to play both sports, and they kind of made a decision for me. (laughs) My basketball coach basically told me that he needed me to choose which sport I wanted to uh, play and I kind of said, okay, I'll stick with vo- basketball, which was weird. I, don't ask me why. I chose basketball over volleyball. But I think I really liked it, the fact that it was so competitive, and it was a challenge for me. I had been playing volleyball all my life primarily, and then uh, I never played basketball. But then I got these you know, coaches here asking me, you know, basically offering me a scholarship. And I'm like, okay, well, I can do this. So I had actually gotten better that whole summer that I played basketball, and so anyways, my first year at Wayne State, I end up getting freshman of the year. Uh, I was the all conference second team. What else did I get? I got There's more? two accolades. I think I was Gliac player of the year, a player of the um, week, you know they, they have the Gliac player of the week. And so those were uh, a couple of my different accolades my first year. And I thought to myself, I am getting better. And so I really honestly worked on my game, and I got better. I stayed in the gym. I was considered a gym rat. And so every day I would stay after practice. I would go play pickup games, and I got stronger, and I just really wanted to play basketball. I wanted to be the best basketball player that I could be, and so that's what happened. (laughs) Well, that's
1: an amazing story to, to only play two years in high school, starting when you were a junior in high school. I mean, Chris, Chris played his whole life and only made it to JV as a junior. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty impressive yeah. that you can start when you're a junior, uh, you know, and make it that far to, you know, a D a D D1. Uh, Wayne State's D1, right? D D2, Division D2, two. Well, yeah, even, you know, D2, that's very, very impressive. So you went on after, after your Wayne State uh, basketball days, and you still had uh, – the basketball itch, right? Is that is that is that why you got into uh, what we're going to talk about next? In, in, I, in roughing,
0: I did, and so what happened was um, probably about. Let me see. It was I made Wayne State history for the first person to ever get inducted into the Hall of Fame within a ten year of, ten years of graduating. So I was inducted into the Wayne State Basketball Hall of Fame in two thousand five, and um, I had just started officiating. Uh, Basketball. Well, I started like 2003, but I really just got registered. But I really didn't start officiating a bunch of games until like 2005, I guess you can say. Okay. And um, so that's how I got it. I kind of wanted to give back. Um, somebody, you know, a friend of mine brought it to my attention and uh, told me that he needed females to play, and uh, females to officiate the games and... I first kind of was like, oh, well, I don't know about that. But then, um, you know, she said she would do it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, we'll do it together. <laughs> and so um, once I got into it, I really started liking it. It really is a, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, well, and I want to get into that, some of that because you recently made some news, right, of, of some pretty cool things um, through your roughing, right, in 2015?
0: I, did. I absolutely did.
1: Well, what happened in 2015? That uh, I think the Detroit News picked up, right, Chris? Yeah. yeah that's
0: that's correct. Um, in 2015, I was the first female to ever officiate a boys basketball city ta- city championship game.
2: Oh, very cool! And then, so so you made history in 2015, and then uh, you just made history again. I think this past weekend is that right?
0: It was last weekend, the 17th.
2: Okay. Well, tell, so, tell us uh, tell us how you made history there.
0: <laughs> so last weekend was the first time that they had ever had all women all-women crews to officiate any of the uh, girls' basketball state finals games. Um, they've had crews where they mixed maybe uh, one male and two females or, you know, vice versa, but they've never had all four, which is the class A, B, C, and D, um, to have all women working all for the game. So it was really, really a big a big deal. It was a big deal because it's never happened before and it was a big deal because it was so cool to be selected amongst those ladies to even be um, you know be able to take have that opportunity.
2: Oh, absolutely! Well, that's very cool. So, uh, what what's next? What other kind of uh, history can you make or record?
0: <laughs> well, one of the things that hasn't happened, and well, it has happened, but it was so long ago for the state final boys. They've they've only had one female to officiate the state finals boys championship game, and so that was maybe twenty plus years ago. And uh, I, I, you know, again, it's not. Really, uh, something that has happened in the past, but I do believe that if any females were to or in the future or upcoming uh be you know able to officiate one of those games, I would probably be looked at as one of the next females to actually go to do a state final so well, I think uh, that share. would be kind of cool again that that would be the only thing addition to my career i mean i I also uh, officiate women's college I work everything up to the division like I do the junior college I do NAIA division three and I work also women's uh, division two conference I actually work the GLIAC conference but obviously I don't work Wednesday games but yeah I do all the other um, colleges mostly in our area uh, do some traveling to Ohio on weekends.
2: Well, I think we need to have you shoot higher, and I think maybe we should uh, aim to get you uh, into the March Madness tournament. And, uh, and <laughs> that would be exciting. No, no, no. What would you What would you do if you saw Grace and Allen trip a guy? Uh, what, <laughs> what, what would the call be? Would you Would you throw him out? Is that a flagrant one? <laughs> yes, that would be a flagrant one.
1: <laughs> well, you know, sp- speaking of that, Delanda, I, I mean, how do you get How do you get selected to to uh, to ref a state? championship game is it is it the amount of technicals you give out throughout the year how, how do you get
0: actually uh, it's on a rating the coaches after each game that you officiate well most coaches should rate you after every game that you officiate there you have to sign your name in a book so all officials would sign their name in a book and then the coaches have to complete a rating at the end of the day so sometime that night or uh, i think they get 24 hours I really think they get 24 hours to complete those ratings. But those ratings are submitted to MHSAA, and they rank you uh, according to, you know, um, your rating. So, like, for me, right now, I, I believe I'm in the top, I was for the last couple of years in a top five of, in the state for officials. So I rank really high in Michigan when they select those state final games or any other MHSAA tournament games, which starts from the quarterfinals over, say, regionals, quarterfinals, and finals. You have to have a certain ranking to even be selected for those, and those are all come from the coaches, um, athletic directors. Um, they have, like, a committee that sits on these. Uh, uh, it's a it's a, a committee of individuals which I think include coaches, athletic directors, and – the MHSAA staff, and so they go over your ratings and they decide, you know, they look at everything, see how high you rank, how you percentile, uh, uh, you know, across the state um, because obviously they do it by region, and and we're in Zone 3, and so they take the best officials out of the zone, and Honestly, um, we are considered to have the best basketball
1: in the state right now. Oh, yeah, Our zone. Sure. Well, Belinda, I mean, this is this is really, really. Uh, well, I mean, this is interesting stuff to Chris and I for sure because we're huge sports fans. But you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of cool and it's fun to to recognize the great people that we have for the stuff they do outside of work. And this is one of the better ones that we've had on the podcast. Um, oh, you know, nice! <laughs> you've 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 got to rough a state championship game. With an all-female crew, which is amazing. You do some amazing work uh, in FOA, supervising some of the you know the wonderful staff that we have. And uh, you know, Chris, if you want to, if people want to read more about this story, you had uh, you had this in uh, last week's Corrections Connection, correct?
2: Yeah, that's right. There's a, a very nice story that uh, that Holly uh, Kramer wrote, and a nice picture there of Delanda. So if you haven't seen it yet, be sure and uh, open up your email or go online and, and check out the story.
1: Yeah, it's good. And uh, you know, Delanda, thank you for coming on today, and thank you for. Uh, You know, for everything that you do inside of the MDOC and clearly outside the MDOC, being a mentor to, um, you know, young athletes and someone who who they can look up to. So thank you for everything that you do, Delana. Thanks for coming on Field Days. We appreciate it.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me. All
2: right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can
1: do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.